Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. And now it's Coach Kinyemi into the Red Wing zone. A minute 25 to play here in the first period. Now set up to the slot. Shot put out Drury. Second chance. He scores! Jack Drury in his first NHL game gives the Carolina Hurricanes a 3-2 lead. The Kings were offside. So time just melting away. 5.35 left here in the third. Now Drury's in a quick. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, just a few days away from the first round of the NHL draft, which... Barring a trade, the Carolina Hurricanes will sit out. Do have picks in the second and third rounds, and I think they have eight picks overall in the seven-round draft, just none in the first. So they will be busy, and who knows? Hurricanes have been almost always active with trades, either of players. You remember a few years ago at the draft. That was when Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin were traded out to the Calgary Flames. That was before the second round of the draft. That trade, which looked like a hurricane steal initially, which brought them Michael Furland, Dougie Hamilton, and some prospect named Adam Fox for yet to develop young players, Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin have probably ended up a pretty good trade for the Calgary Flames, judging by how great Lindholm has turned out to be, and Hannafin is certainly a top-four NHL defenseman, although not nearly as good as his draft spot would have indicated, fifth overall in his draft year. Uh, Lindholm also fifth overall in his draft year. Uh, And Carolina has nothing to show for that draft, although they did get two second-round picks for Adam Fox. Dougie Hamilton in New Jersey, Michael Furland due to concussions and other issues, Really not playing in the NHL. Drawing a paycheck, I believe, from Vancouver, but not really playing. Anyway, that was a long-winded way of just saying, hey, stay tuned for what the Hurricanes may do during the draft, whether it's trading back to acquire more picks, which they've done before, or it's moving out a player to acquire either more draft picks or another player. Certainly the possibility exists that Martin Natchez could be moved. Although my guess is that the Hurricanes still view Natchez as a viable option for them. They need scores. He should be a scorer. So we'll see what they decide to do. They may decide that keeping Natchez around for a couple more years is the better play. We'll have to wait and see. It all depends on what the price will be in free agency. As I've joked around before, 
considering that Natchez played four years on an entry-level contract, he is still not eligible for arbitration, which seems almost criminal to me. Ethan Bear is eligible for arbitration. Tony D'Angelo is eligible. Tony D'Angelo is eligible for arbitration, but Martin Natchez is not. Again, four years on an entry-level deal. That seems seems a little unfair. Anyway, uh, it's certainly within the rules of the league, and the Hurricanes chose to slide his contract. They did. He played that year in the minor leagues. Uh, now just finished his third year at the NHL level. All right, a lot of things that we're going to do here. First, we had a couple of Jack Drury highlights to start. We're going to hear from Jack Drury. Join me on the show. So we're going to do that. And then we'll kind of go through the prospects, the Canes prospects. Drury, of course, is the top one of those, I think. We'll talk about Drury. We'll talk about Jamison Reese. We'll talk about the goalies. We'll talk about some other guys in the system. Mark Seidel, uh, who is a uh, NHL scout, pro hockey scout, uh, spent some time uh, with the Minnesota Wild in the NHL, spent a lot of years in junior hockey, part of that as an assistant general manager with, with the Barry Colts, although his and Andrei Svechnikov's Pasts did not collide, uh, but Seidel is a great source for what your prospects are, what they might turn out to be, or what they aren't. So we'll get to Mark Seidel after we hear from Jack Drury. And again, we're just a couple of days away from the draft, and we will have more to report when the draft is over. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check them out online, aluminumcompany.com. For all of your exterior home improvement needs, best customer service in the industry, and that's what you need. Great work, great people. The Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Before we get to Jack Drury, a couple of things. People have been wondering about potential free agent acquisitions. And I've probably said this before, but it bears repeating. I'll be pretty surprised if the Hurricanes dip into free agency. It isn't what they have done in the past, certainly not on day one or two. And we're about a week away after the draft for the free agent period to begin. The last significant free agent Carolina signed was Justin Williams. And that was a guy you know, sort of on the uh, the late on the back nine of his career. He ended up playing really two more seasons with Carolina, and then he played, uh, you know, a little bit during the pandemic shortened year and the bubble year. Uh, but he played two years for Carolina and helped Carolina get into the playoffs. But this has really not been what Carolina has done under Tom Dundon. I think the only other significant free agent that was signed was Jesper Faust, and He's a depth guy and a, you know, a $2 million a year player. So Carolina does not go big game fishing during free agency. And I don't anticipate this year will be any different. I think if they move anything, if they do anything, it will be via trade. And as I alluded to earlier, I mean, it might happen at the draft. Uh, that's where they made their biggest deals during draft trade time or at the trade deadline. Out of necessity, when they brought in Brady Shea and Vincent Trocheck, uh, they needed to make some changes and improve their roster, and they did. So they've been pretty good at that. Uh, but we obviously know that the Hurricanes need a goal scoring in terms of an unrestricted free agent. I would not expect Johnny Gaudreau uh, showing up in Raleigh. I would not expect Evgeny Malkin. That has been asked of me by a couple of different people. 
I do not anticipate that being the case. Forget about his last salary, which was $9.5 million a year, and Carolina's not going to do that. But even if Malkin was willing to come back on a short deal, would it be here or would it be in Pittsburgh? Like, I just don't, I just don't see anything like that happening. Any significant player additions would come, I think, via the trade route. With all of that said, I'm not looking forward to anything like that happening over the next couple of days, and we'll see what happens after the draft. And I still think that uh, Carolina's roster, while it's going to look a lot different, uh, I don't think is going to look a lot different in terms of having a bunch of stars on it beyond what is already on the roster. I think the biggest improvement in Carolina's roster with the caveat maybe around the edges, I think is going to come from within. Improvements to Ajo, Teravine, and Svechnikov, Jarvis, players like Natchez, maybe. Players like that. With all of that said, quick break, and then the guy who electrified everybody for two games, Jack Drury. So the Carolina Hurricanes season ended earlier than everybody would have liked. Second round, Game 7 loss to the New York Rangers. And the Chicago Wolves decided, you know what? We'll win a championship. Four years ago, in 19, the Hurricanes season ended in the conference finals against Boston. Yet, then, the Charlotte Checkers went on to win the Calder Cup. So the Hurricanes in the last four years have now won two Calder Cups in the American Hockey League. Jack Drury, who had a, a just a brief stint with the Hurricanes this year, but we loved every all two games of it, uh, scored nine goals in 18 playoff games with the Wolves, and he's with us on the Adam Gold Show. First of all, congratulations on the championship. Uh, how uh, you know, I, I assume you're still celebrating. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. I think uh, guys just started to leave yesterday, so uh, the celebration's kind of ending right now, and uh, now i got to start to uh, get back into the summer training schedule. <laughs> Wait, you, you guys just won like three days ago. What do you mean? <laughs> you just Are you trying to impress Rod Brindamore? No, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, with the COVID break, we finished pretty late, but uh, we had a fun couple days as a group, and uh, it was a really special team. There are some prospects there, but you guys also had a bunch of veterans. Some guys we saw with the Hurricanes this year. I know Josh Lavo had a monster postseason. He scored like he's like he was like Connor McDavid. Uh, so what 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 was that veteran influence like for you guys? It was huge. I think uh, you know we had a good core of of older guys that have played a lot in the National Hockey League and have a lot of playoff experience. And I think all those guys kind of. Uh, showed the right culture throughout the year and going into the playoffs, they delivered all the right messages to the young guys and had everyone on the same page. Jack Drury is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. What do you remember most about your two-game stint with the Hurricanes this year, which was impressive for a lot of reasons, not the least of which was two goals? Uh, it was an absolute blast. I think uh, the, the fans were incredible. Uh, after uh, my first game, I was getting interviewed on the bench. <laughs> all right could barely hear the questions I was being asked. And, uh, you know, I remember for, for a moment thinking, you know, wow, this is, uh, this is once in a lifetime and, and really special. So I think just, just how great the fans were and uh, getting to experience that. How do we make it not 
once in a lifetime? How do we make that a regular thing? Oh, I think just a lot of hard work. I think uh, I got to stay day by day, stay present, uh, one day at a time, just try to get a little bit better. Jack Drury is with us. Uh, I think we all remember that first game, I think, was against the Red Wings, if I'm not mistaken. You guys had like five players available because of uh, COVID and salary cap issues. Uh, there was there was a lot of room on the bench. Yeah, it was, uh, it was against the Red Wings. It was, it was pretty interesting, uh, but I think, you know, all the guys handled it really well. We had a couple guys from Chicago come up, and uh, the guys in the locker room in Carolina were, were welcoming and, and made it easy on us, and uh, I think it was easy for everyone to do their jobs. Well, what were they going to do, man? They needed <laughs> they needed all you guys. Otherwise, they would have had a forfeit. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was, it was a weird situation, but uh, it ended up working out well. Did you feel like you belonged at that point? Yeah, I think, you know, everyone everyone wants to play in the NHL, and that's the goal. But uh, like I said, you know, for a young guy uh, like myself, and I think any of the guys in Chicago, we know we got to just go day by day and uh, try to get a little bit better. And whether you're playing up in Carolina or down in Chicago, you got to just approach it the same way and, and try to get your game to the best spot it can be. You have had an interesting journey the last few years. Uh, obviously, you were playing incredibly well at Harvard. Then COVID hits. Ivy League sports went away. You had to make a decision. Uh, so kind of walk me through the decision to go play professionally in Sweden uh, to where we are now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a bit of a bummer uh, when the when the Ivy League season got canceled. I, I really enjoyed uh, getting to play at Harvard. But, uh, you know, I, I knew I had to play hockey for the season. And uh, the AHL season was a little bit uncertain with how many games they would be playing and mm-hmm. what would be happening there. And, uh you know, I lived in Germany as a kid. Uh, my dad played overseas, and I felt comfortable going to Europe. And uh, that Swedish league over there, it's, it's a really good league, a lot of really good young players, uh, one of the top leagues in Europe. And I was fortunate that uh, a really good organization uh, wanted me to be there and uh, worked out really well. It it absolutely did. What did you learn from playing? You know, it, you know, the Swedish league is a great league. What did you learn from playing there? I think uh, it helped my skating a lot they play on a little bit of uh, bigger ice surface over mm-hmm. there so there's a lot more focus on kind of speed and, and stamina with the skating which which is really valuable for me and then I think uh, my team over there went on a long playoff run too so I learned a lot from the veterans there on kind of how to handle a long playoff in a professional season and uh, bring your best day in and day out. Jack Drury is joining us for people who might re- recognize the name uh, you know your, your dad played but also your uh, your uncle Chris Drury uh, played with a lot of people here will remember him with the Buffalo Sabres, uh, but is now the GM of the New York Rangers. Uh, what did you learn f- about being a pro from your uncle, from your dad? Yeah, I think uh, both of them helped me out a lot. I think, uh, first of all, just kind of developing a love for the game, getting to go to their games as a kid, uh, being around locker rooms and watching them play. I think that it kind of gives you a special connection to hockey and uh, provides you with a lot of motivation to uh, try to get to the highest level. And I think both of them uh, and my mom have just helped me out a lot with kind of the mental side of the game, uh, staying mentally tough, handling the ups and downs in your career, and and uh, kind of using them all to your advantage to be the best you can. Does your uncle talk more about his hockey career or his career as a Little League pitcher in the Little League World Series? Yeah, that, that's, uh, that gets brought up a lot, I think. Uh, <laughs> Their, their, their town was a big baseball town growing up in Connecticut. So 
him and my dad both still still love baseball. I think just as much as hockey. <laughs> uh, I that because I saw your uncle. I was I watched that Little League World Series back in the day. There was only one, only the one game. We didn't have four thousand Little League baseball games on TV, which is going to hit in a in about a month here. Uh, so we only had the title game and the the big curly haired kid from Trumbull, Connecticut, who knew he would go on. Uh, to uh, to be such a good NHL player, are there uh, is there like little league memorabilia in his house? Yeah, I think he's got some. I think mostly when when we're over there, we're all just trying to look at all the hockey memorabilia because he's got some cool stuff from Colorado and Buffalo. But uh, I'm sure he's got some good uh, little league stuff too. I mean, the lip to to, to be the guy uh, in a little league World Series yeah. champion. I just don't know how it gets any better than that. Uh, Jack, Jack Drury is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. A couple of more things, and then we'll let you go. Uh, it, as you sit, you know, we're two months away, two and a half months away from uh, from it getting really serious here. Uh, what are your thoughts about the upcoming season? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, right now I just, just coming off a long season and uh, a long playoff run, I think just got to – get my body back in the best shape I can, uh, you know, lift a lot of weights, eat a lot of good food and, uh, try to put on as much strength as I can. And then, you know, once it gets closer to August, uh, start getting on the ice a lot more and then and start preparing uh, a little bit more skating. But right now the focus is just kind of working out as much as I can, put on as much muscle as I can and, uh, get my body in the best shape it can be in. So, uh, how much muscle, I mean, uh, according to what I say, I've got you at about 175 pounds. What do you think your weight is going to be? <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been 185 for a few years okay. now. I think they got the old weights, but you know, I think maybe it's hard. I think you know, I'd like to gain you know five to ten pounds, maybe. Uh, you know, the game's a lot faster nowadays, so you got to keep speed in mind and, and not sacrifice too much speed. But I'll talk to uh, Billy Bernstein on the phone, uh, the Carolina strength coach. You know, get his input and uh, go from there. Jack Jury, before we let you go, I mentioned you know obviously the two goals. I think it may be as impressive if I have this correct. Fifteen and one in the face-off circle. Oh, I I don't know exactly. I think I might have lost a few more than one, but uh, you know they got they got a lot of good face-off guys in Carolina, and uh, you know Rowdy obviously in camp has, has shown a lot of the young centers some tips, and uh, I think you know when you watch uh, Jordan on TV, the way he does them, obviously Trocheck, Stepan, all the guys, Aho. They're also good at them. I think uh, when you when you get in the circle, you know you you got to step up. Oh yeah, there's there's no question. The uh, just watching practice, the the competition in practice. Brett Pesci feels like he's a good face off guy too. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> talked to him. I, I didn't get to talk to him about that at all. Maybe I'll ask him for training. All right, one uh, one final thing. I lied. Uh, who down there? I mean, obviously Peter, Piotr Kachetkov had a great playoffs, uh, and we know he's got all this potential. Uh, but who do you think you might drag up here with you? And I'm not trying to assume that uh, you know we're rolling out the red carpet for Jack Drury. You're not doing that either. But who else down there you think has a chance to make this team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kochi. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. There's there's not many young goalies out there better than him. So uh, I think obviously, you know, I'm not in management and I'm not uh, route. I'm not making the decisions. But uh, Kochi's got a real bright future ahead of him, and I think. Uh, all the all the young prospects in Chicago got got a lot of things going for them. Uh, you look at uh, Reeser, uh, Ponomaranov, and Suzuki all had good strong years, and I think they're all just going to keep getting better. All right. Well, we like to see the young guys. I look, I look forward to seeing you. I know the uh, you're going to be here for the prospect camp. 
Yeah, I believe so. I think we got some some meetings soon, so yep. we'll get some dates pretty soon here, hopefully. Yeah, we've uh, we've we've been told the dates second week in July, so we'll uh, we'll see you then, Jack Drury. Uh, congratulations on winning a cup, and uh, we hope you win one here in a couple of years. All right. Well, uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Maybe I'm over my skis here, but I think that Jack Drury has serious potential to play up in the lineup for Carolina. I don't view him. I know he's going to probably start this year on the fourth line. And, you know, maybe he plays his way ahead and plays his way into good, ice, solid ice time. Uh, he's so smart, and I think he has a knack to score. So we'll see. Um, it will really depend on how Jesperi Kotkaniemi handles being a second-line center. Then you, I think you could see Jack maybe slide into that role down the road. Well, I don't think it'll happen this year, but down the road. But again, I could be crazy. We'll find out what Mark Seidel thinks in a sec. Mark Seidel, North American Central Scouting, former junior hockey general manager, NHL scout, and Barry Colt's director of player personnel, but not when Andrei Svechnikov was there. So you did not discover Andrei Svechnikov, correct? I did not discover Andrei Svechnikov, and quite frankly, neither did Dan Barry. I think everybody in the world knew about him and his year in the USHL, and uh, the things he's done for you guys, obviously, he's pretty special. Uh, he is. Uh, we're, we're hoping that he'll take the next step and become you know, a bona fide you know, goal scorer. I mean, he scored 30 this year, so I guess... Um, maybe we shouldn't be asking for too much, too much more than that. But, uh, for those of us that have seen him all year long, uh, there's more than 30 there. There's, I mean, there's 45 there, I think out of Andre, we could probably say the same for Sebastian. Iowa. but let's get to some of the guys that, I mean, some, or at least one has already broken through to an extent. So I want to start with Jack Drury, who I actually spoke with uh, today, uh, who's a super kid and I think going to be a very good player for a very long time in the NHL. I just don't know how good. Scored two goals in the two games he played. I think he won 14 out of 15 faceoffs, something like that in two games. Um, what are we talking about with Jack Drury? You know what? It's uh, We started off on a good note, to be honest with you. Uh, Jack is truly one of my favorite players that really hasn't been in the NHL yet. Um, you know, Jack's a kid that, it's funny, uh, some kids figure it out and some kids don't, and that's why some guys, you know, play long careers and some guys don't, for sure. Uh, you know, Jack is a kid with a high skill, high offensive guy when he was a kid coming up through, you know, through his teen years and stuff, and he's figured out how to turn himself into a, a pro and be a high work rate pro. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that does everything right, He's not going to score a ton for you. I know he's got two and two for you. I don't think he's going to be a high-end scorer, but he's one of those guys that when you see those guys lift a couple of color out the other night, he's one of those guys that people don't talk a ton about, but it's hugely important. Um, great away from the puck, great all 200 feet, does whatever it takes, will block shots, will do anything. So he's one of those guys that, you know, nobody, not a lot of fans might not have jerseys on. He doesn't, he's not going to score a lot of goals, but the coaches will absolutely love him and he will have a long NHL career because like I said, he's figured out how to become a pro and what he needs to do to, needs to change his game from being an offensive guy to being a, a two-way guy that can play up and down their lineup. And, you know, I expect him as a third-line guy, but a key third-line guy for them down the road. So, uh, again, you, you, you're, you're correct. I mean, he's probably not going to score 82, even though he's <laughs> on that pace as an NHL player, Mark. I'll just point out two goals 
into games and he wins like 90% of his faceoffs. So I don't even know why we're uh, talking about him as a third liner. I wonder how many people can tell the sarcasm. Um, but what do we read? <laughs> what do we read into? I mean, he goes over and plays a, a monster sophomore season at Harvard. His junior seasons mm-hmm. COVIDed out as everything was. Mm-hmm. And in Canada, basically had nothing, but the Ivy League shut down. He goes and plays in Sweden. He's the, I think, third place in the rookie of the year voting in Sweden, playing against men. Um, and this past year, forget about the two goals he scored with Carolina, which in Carolina needed him. The first game, they only dressed 16 skaters. Uh, actually, it might have even been less than that. It might have been 15. Uh, but he scores 20 goals in 68 games with the Wolves. Had nine goals and 24 points in the 18 playoff games and was one of their best players in the playoffs as they win the Calder Cup. Um, is there is there a possibility that something is unlocked in Jack? I mean, he's not going to get bigger. He's you know just under six foot. Um, but is there something about Jack that maybe even the smarts profile a little bit higher? Well, yeah, I think you know one of the things I get asked all the time, to be honest with you, is what you know what do you look for in players? And I mean, hockey IQ is right at the top of that list, and. And he's a good example why. Um, you know, in this business, when we draft 17-year-olds like Carolina did when they took him, you want kids to keep getting better. And, and that whole summary you just gave is all about Jack getting better every time he laces it up the next night, the next month, the next year. So, yeah, am I underselling him potentially? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could come on here and say he may end up being a big offensive guy. I don't see it, but I think he's a guy that, like I said, the coaches will absolutely love. He'll chip in offensively. He's yeah. never going to score big numbers, I don't think. But his job is going to be to to uh, you know, be real responsible defensively, shut guys down, uh, generate some offense off of turnovers in the rush. Um, but yeah, certainly could he could his offense uh, you know start to flourish some more? Yeah, he, he's shown he could score. I just think at the NHL level, I've seen those kind of guys. You know, uh, I think a bit of like a, a little different player, but Anthony Sorelli kind of thing. Okay, you know, Anthony Sorelli is a guy that he, again chips in some goals and scores for them, has some offense, but is a real responsible, smart guy that helped them win a couple back to back cups. So. I think Jack's going to be that way, and if I'm wrong and he becomes a top six scoring guy, then I'll be the first to tell you, and I'll be happy because, uh, because you know, this is a kid that, that gets it, and like I said, yeah. so many kids don't figure out how to be a pro, and he does. Yeah, and he, he was dealt a pretty tough hand, too, uh, and to make the decision to go over to Sweden is just awesome. I actually asked him about one of his teammates, uh, and he speaks highly of Jamison Reese. He has not been super productive offensively, and he may never be that guy in the NHL either, but what do you like about Jamison Reese? Well, we're two for two here so far. Uh, you know what, <laughs> Jamison Reese is a guy, you know, I, I, again, obviously with the draft and I, I watch it pretty closely and, uh, you know, after the draft, after Carolina took him and, and some of your Kaniacs fans, um, you know, talked about he, he, he's going to hit, he's going to score it. Well, anybody that tells you he's going to score nationally is a liar. He's not going to score much at all in the National Hockey League. What he is going to be is he's going to be a guy that, He's going to go through the regular season. He's going to have good seasons. But then when the playoffs come and those grinding series come, he's going to be hugely important for the Kings. Um, for his size, probably might hit as hard as anybody at, at pound for pound. Uh, very physical kid. Not afraid. A winner. Um, all those things, you know, almost in the same way I talked about Jack Drury. Not not quite a defensive responsible, much more physical presence than Drury is. And, you know, again, you just watch the playoffs and I did too. You know, those guys that can grind you down and yeah. wear you down and finish your checks and be hard to play against, he's going to be a key. And, you know, again, he's a bottom six guy, um, but I love him. I love him in the entire hockey league. 
you know, he played in the Ontario Hockey League. There were times he made some questionable decisions, but he just played like hairs on fire at times. He yeah. played so hard that he hit guys and stuff. But and that's how he's going to be in nationally. He's not going to not going to score a lot, but he's going to be another one of those guys in the playoffs. You know, I, I fully expect Toronto to get up some big time success here coming up in the next few years in the playoffs. And guys like him and Jack Drew are going to be the two reasons why. Yeah, the the Jamison Reese thing. Uh, everything I you know I've heard and seen when I have seen him, uh, he is feisty. And he is not afraid, and I love the absolutely love the attitude. Let's see if I can go three for three. This guy has not yet played professional hockey yet, but he has certainly made a good college decision if you are a smooth skating defenseman. Uh, Scott Morrow went to UMass, had just an incredible year as a freshman, 13 goals, 33 points, 37 games. Everything I read says the guy is a phenomenal skater, uh, what uh, what do you see out of Morrow? How long before he might be able to crack the NHL lineup? I think he's a guy, and again, people, you know, everyone wants to tell you how smart they were. Carolina was smart on this guy. Um, you know, I think there's some teams, and I don't think I was even as much, uh, you know, if I'd have known what he'd become now, I didn't love him as much as Carolina did. Um, like you said, I had a phenomenal freshman year. Nobody steps out of high school and goes right to the NCAA and has a great season, let alone a defenseman. Um, you know, he's a big right shot D. Um, like I said, the numbers he put up surprised me. Uh, I don't know if I'd agree with he's a phenomenal skater. I think at times his feet get a little clunky, but not okay. to the point that's going to prevent him from playing at any level. Um, but, you know, that if you have to pick something in his game that, you know, you have to kind of, he's going to have to work on, I think it's that. But, uh, you know, you could argue that he was a top five defenseman in that entire NCAA this year. I mean, really, I mean, Ola Power was certainly there, and the Sanderson kid was there. There were some guys that were there, you know, that I think are slightly ahead of him. But this is a freshman. You know, those guys are going to be long gone and playing in the National Hockey League, and he'll be back next year. So, you know, I would expect to play another year at UMass. I think he'll go to the American League for a year. And then he's a guy, uh, you know, you can slot in that middle pairing, I think, in the National Hockey League. Uh, potentially be a top pairing guy for sure, but I think he's probably, at worst, going to be a middle pairing guy. But, you know, big right shot D, you just don't find those guys every day. And, uh, you know, has a complete game, has some offense, and he shows that at the NCAA level. Good defensively, strong kid. Um, and like I said, he battled against 23, 24-year-old men this year at UMass and, and, and did very well with it. So, you know, another one that uh, that's kudos to Carolina and their staff because they got a guy that you know, some teams weren't sure on. And, uh, you know, the, the jump from high school is always tough. So you're not sure how the kid's going to be able to adapt at the higher levels, and this kid just excelled at it. So let me, I'm going to throw out just a bunch of names, and then you can tell me sure. the, of the guys you like or whatever, uh, because there's too many names, and Carolina's got a lot of prospects, and I don't know exactly which guys are further advanced and which guys really aren't that good. Uh, but you've got Alexei Himisalmi, who was a draft pick, I believe, a year ago, uh, a Finnish kid. Shocking that the Hurricanes would take somebody from Finland. Uh, they've also taken a bunch of uh, kids from Russia, including uh, was Alexander Nikishin, who I think is going to stay in uh, the KHL for at least two more years. Um, so those two guys, especially on the blue line, and then I'll ask you about uh, like what you think about Jesper Selgren, who's already been a pro for a couple of years, um, and who knows if he's ever going to really get a chance. But uh, just I'll throw those three guys to you. Well, you've got the, the two defensemen could not be uh, more diametrically opposite of each other. Um, <laughs> First of all, you've got, uh, I'm trying to pronounce his name, Hannah Selmy. Sure. I'm terrible names, to be honest with you. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> you go with that. Uh, you know what? He's a guy who, you see him after you've been doing as long as I have. He's one of those guys, phenomenal skater, like unbelievable dances on the ice. 
And sometimes what happens in the draft here, guys are such good skaters and able to do things because they can outskate guys. Uh, they can create opportunities for themselves. They can get back on pucks quicker. Uh, they can beat guys. As he goes up the level, you know, everybody becomes a much better skater. And, and I've never been a big fan. I, I just don't think, uh, I don't think he's going to be a national hockey player. I, he's the kind of guy I see staying in Europe and having a long 15 year career, probably in Finland or mm-hmm. Sweden. Um, but I just don't see him. I, I don't think at his size, I don't think he generates enough offense. Um, again, phenomenal skating. I mean, sometimes his brain doesn't keep up with his feet, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, so, you know, when you're 5'11 and can skate, that's fine, but you've got to still be able to make plays in defense. And his defending, defending is okay for a little guy. He, he's not bad because he's got such good feet, but I just don't think he generates enough. Now, on the other hand, Nikishin is a guy, uh, huge, mammoth, 6'4 guy, uh, never going to create a lot of offense, big, strong guy. And, and again, to show you how well Mike can be, I was worried in his draft year, but did he have any meanness? You know, he's a big, strong kid, and I just didn't see any kind of nasty to his game. And, you know, you like to see that in those big defensive defensemen. Uh, I was wrong. He's now shown that he does have that meanness to him, and he's not afraid. Uh, he punishes guys at times. I mean, if you'd have told me he would have been one of Russia's defensemen, I would have said not a chance at the Olympics. Right. Um, again, limited offense, but, again, one of those guys can be a middle pairing. Just, you, you know, you just, again, in the NHL, you see those guys that are big, strong guys, can battle for seven games, and, um, again, not a not a huge, huge, uh, fancy guy by any stretch, but he'll be a key to them. Uh, a key to them being good player, or uh, sorry, uh, you know, a team that can go deep in the playoffs again. Could and you Calgary, see? You know what? I don't. Oh, Ken? sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, could you see a Nikishin Morrow pairing two years down the road? Yes, very much, very much. I mean, uh, you know, that's that's good size right there. You know, that's uh, I could see that for sure. Um, you know, you could. They've got some other offensive guys that are already there that you could see too with, with Nikisha. Maybe he's one of those guys you can let the guy run, um, you know, and, and he can uh, he can stay back and make sure things are safe back there. So, you know, I think that's uh, that's uh, a case there. Selgren is a guy I don't know about. There's times, you know, in his draft year, I wasn't sure about him. Um, you know, obviously he went late in the draft. I think Carolina took him off top. I think they took him like the sixth, I think. Um so I didn't love him in his draft year. And then there's been times I've seen him since that where I say, you know what, this kid has something where he can play. And then I'll see him again and I'll be like, yeah, there's a reason he's a sixth-round pick. So, you know, if I was a betting man right now, I don't think he's going to be a key or, or you know, a regular member of the, of the team's uh, roster going forward, especially with the talent they've got around them. Um, but, you know, again, players always have the right to get better. And I think he's in that situation as well. Before I get to some of the forwards that they have, uh, let me ask you about the two goalies, uh, and statistically, it lo- they look like the same guy. I have not seen A2 McAniemi play. There's, they both got good size in the 6'3 range. Uh, I have seen Pyotr Kachetkov. Uh, so I'll start with Kachetkov, and then I'll ask you about McAniemi as well. Uh, but they both played about the same number of games in the AHL. McAniemi got hurt and missed the second half of the season. Uh, Kachetkov came over when uh, the KHL shut down, um, and it was really the hurricane to the Hurricanes' benefit because they ended up needing him. Uh, and while I saw some soft goals, I did see a competitiveness and a willingness to mix it up that I was surprised and a pre- and and enjoyed. But I mean, he's athletic. Uh, I love the way he competes in net. Uh, your your thoughts on what this guy could be? Well, let's start with Kiyotchkov or uh, how we refer to <laughs> Piotr. Just call him Piotr. Piotr. Yeah, Piotr. That's right, exactly. Not Peter, Piotr. 
you know, I think that he's one of those guys thus far. Again, he's obviously very early in his career, but, uh, you know, over the years, again, he's not the biggest guy. I think he plays a little small at times. So that's one of the concerns I have with him. Um, you know, I think he, uh, he he was very good in the American League when he played. He's, I think he's played a few games for uh, uh, Carolina and not looked good at all. So, you know, he's young and, and certain goalies take a time to develop. I don't know if he's a starter in National Hockey League, especially with the cross of the team they're going to have. Um, you know, he's one of those guys. Could he be a backup? I think he's a backup. Um, now he's still got some years. Like I said, the American League, he's played really, really well. I watched some games and video where I was impressed. Uh-huh. I thought he played well. Uh, Mackin is a guy who I think has more upside for sure. Um, like you said, he's, he's got a lot of athleticism, doesn't give up on pucks, controls rebound. Uh, you know, I'd be, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Carolina thought that he had a chance to be their starter down the road. And I think if you ask them now and put them on true term, I think they think that he's got a chance. I mean, I've talked to them about him. They really like him. Um, they like the way he came in and was able to play. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's the better of the two and I think he's got a chance to be a starter. And I think Piotr, yeah, probably he's going to end up being a backup or being an American League guy that goes back to Europe at some point. So you think McAniemi is the better goaltender than Kuchetkov? Yeah, I think he'll have a better NHL pro career. I really do. Yeah. Okay. I Like, I have not seen McAniemi. So all of the stuff that I had said uh, was about Kuchetkov because I saw him play. Uh, he played the game where the Carol- where the Hurricanes clinched the division. Uh, he won in New York. He got them out of the previous game, then won in New York. He got them out in one game two of the opening round series against Boston when uh, Auntie Ranta went down with an injury in the first period. Played very well. My, my fear, I think you're right. I think he does. I think he goes down and plays small a little bit too much, because so he goes down early. Uh, I thought he was anxious and bit on first moves at times. Um, but the, the where I will, in terms of what I saw from him, I think he played very well for the Hurricanes. In the, in the I think he played two or three regular season games and then uh, started started one and played one other in the postseason. He might actually might have come in. Um, uh, yeah, he came in in relief for Auntie Ranta in a third game. It didn't play particularly well there. Um, but he played very well in the game that they won in game two against Boston. It was scoreless when he came in. And maybe he just didn't see enough uh, quality shots. Uh, but he took nothing from Brad Marchand. <laughs> uh, and, and he tried to fight guys in the AHL. There's no question he was re- he was looking for a fight during the playoffs for the Chicago Wolves. Um, but, look, um, McAniemi was having a tremendous year. I just, honestly, I've only seen Kachetkov play a few times, and I haven't seen McAniemi yet, but it's good to know that at least one of those guys uh, might be looked at as a starter. Uh, safety in numbers with goaltenders, right? Yeah, you just, you know, you want to, uh, it's the old uh, dartboard, throw as many darts you can. I mean, again, there's guys that, you know, Certainly, you look at it and you realize they got you know a chance to be superstars. You know the Askarov Russian kid, things like that. But you know, really, these kids look at some of the starters and where they've come from, where they've been drafted. Some of them have weren't drafted. I mean, uh, so yeah, if you have a few of them in your system, uh, you know, you give yourself a better chance. And and listen, I, you watch you're certainly much more tuned with the Carolina games. I think uh, I think the games I reason I say he didn't play well for them. I think the game I saw he didn't, but. Uh, that's was my memory again, just right. off the top of my head. You're drafting what teams, but um, yeah. So I mean, that's the way it goes. You know, they're young. Uh, it, the problem goalies sometimes have is 
when they play really good in the American League, they jump to the National League and they forget that there's a reason those guys are in the American League. Uh. National League guys, if you give them an inch, they take it. You know, the American League guys ring it off the post or fire it over the net. So it's a big jump for goaltenders. And again, he's not, he doesn't play real big in the net. I just think he sometimes gets a little small in the net. And that's, that's usually a curse sometimes in the NHL. But again, as a young guy, there's a lot of upside. You know, they'll, they'll be patient with him and see. And, you know, like you say, they've got two of them that, you know, hopefully one of them can be a starter. And, uh, if they do, they'll, uh, you know, they'll find something that, uh, that other teams are covering. Yeah, I think it, it's obvious. Like, we saw Jack LaFontaine play, and that whole situation was bizarre anyway, uh, when they picked LaFontaine out of the University of Minnesota in the middle of the season. Um, it was clear when he got in games that the NHL game was way too fast for him. I mean, like, the difference between uh, first gear and fifth gear for... Jack LaFontaine. And I don't know if he's a prospect at all, to be perfectly honest. I saw him play a couple of times. He didn't do anything for me. He didn't look particularly good in the American Hockey League either. Uh, and there were times where it looked like the game was too fast for Kachetkov. I, I mean, I think anybody with who, who looks at it objectively uh, would say the same thing. Let me move on to some forwards. Um, the only, just one thing on Jack LaFontaine. Sure. Uh, just as you're talking about, just sometimes you wonder if there's karma. And, and you just wonder if Jack LaFontaine, who had played phenomenal in Minnesota by leaving them at Christmas and signing the contract, you wonder sometimes, you know, I saw him struggle a couple nights, and I just thought, I wonder if there's karma, if there's hockey gods, that sort of thing. You shouldn't have bailed on your team. You're going to have to go through some tough times. I mean, this is a kid. He went to Minnesota with how they thought of. Didn't, didn't play well. Minnesota switched to Minnesota. Or, uh, sorry, Michigan. Michigan, right. Then he went to Minnesota. And, yeah, Michigan first, and then Minnesota. Played really, really well, and then, you know, leaves them halfway through, signs, and then doesn't play well. So, We'll see. I mean, uh, he's had an up and down career, but I, I'll be honest with you. I don't like guys that do that. And I know Carolina put pressure on him to leave. And they did. Money's money and stuff like that. But uh, I just think at the end of the day, sometimes it speaks to a kid's character. I'm not besmirching Jack LaFontaine. I don't know him. I've never met him. But just when I see kids make those kind of decisions, I just think, man, like the money was going to be there this June. You know what I mean? It was it was there in January. It's certainly be there in June. Yep. But yeah. everybody makes their own decisions. And, and, you know, I wish him well. Hope he does well. In, uh, in June, he could have gone anywhere he wanted. The Hurricanes were out of goaltenders. The injuries all throughout the system. They literally were out of goalies. Uh, and yeah. basically not only signed him to a one-year entry-level deal, which to me says everything, um, but they promised him a start. <laughs> and he started a game against the Devils, and it was a disaster. An absolute disaster. He came in the game in the previous game in relief. That didn't go well, and then he started a game, I, I think it was in New Jersey, and it was a total, total disaster. It made the Devils look like the 83 Islanders. All right, uh, let me uh, let me throw some, uh, some forwards at you, and I kind of want to start with somebody who's sort of been forgotten because of an injury, and he didn't play, I think, the second half of the year and didn't play at all in the playoffs, and that's Ryan Suzuki. Um, has the injury or other factors completely eliminated his chance of being uh, uh, even a middle six forward in the NHL? I don't think so. He has had some injuries, certainly this year. He had the one, even in his last year, junior, he had an eye injury that, yeah. that really set him back. You know, just unfortunate, nothing to do with him or nothing. You know, nothing on his fault, but um, you know, I, I've never been a huge fan of the, uh, in the world of him. Uh, now you look where his brother's becoming in Montreal, and you say, "Hey, this is a kid that you know has the bloodlines." And certainly, I talk about IQ. He's smart. I'm just not sure he's brave enough. Uh, I think when you're not brave, and now you've got some injury issues, I don't think those two work real well together. Um, I wouldn't be giving up on him if I was a Kings fan. I think he's a guy that 
uh, you know, has to figure it out a little bit, almost like Jack Drury did. Uh, you know, he's going to have to figure out. He, he's always been. He was the first overall pick in that Terry Hawkwick draft. Um, he's been an offensive guy. I don't I don't think he's going to be an offensive guy in the National Hockey League. So he's going to have to figure out, like Jack did, of how to play and, and how to play better. But you know, being shy and, and having an injury doesn't doesn't help him. But he's still young. We'll see where he goes. But, yeah, it's uh, when they took him versus where he is today, I think it's been disappointing for Carolina fans. All right. And now um, I'm just going to leave it open. Are there guys that you like in their system that I have not mentioned? Like I said before, there are tons of names, uh, and I follow enough people on Twitter as I do you at Mark Seidel um, that you know tweet about this player, that player. I hear a lot about Ronan Seeley, uh, Blake Murray, Noel Gundler, Vili Koivin, whatever. Uh, are there guys that you really like for uh, you know for the NHL? Uh, we sort of gone through them. I'll be honest with you. The Carolina group, they talk about Noel Gundler. I, I wasn't a fan of Noel Gundler in this draft year. Um, he's one of those guys that can drive you nuts, and, and you can see why evaluators get get frustrated. Big, strong kid, shoot the puck, has all the tools. You look at him, he's one of the guys you watch for warm-up, and you're like, Geez, this kid's going to be a starter tonight. And then the third period, you're like, hang on, is, is he playing tonight? Because <laughs> he disappears at times, and it, it's frustrating. You know, and I've been in that situation, both in the National League and in Major Junior, where you draft a guy, and you're like, Son, you have everything to make yourself $100 million here in your career. And they just somehow don't put it together. And I've always thought that's kind of been Noel Gundler's uh, the knock on him. So, again, I, I know there's some fans that have messaged me thinking that Gundler's coming in and going to be a top six guy. Um, you know, Bill Cleveland, I don't mind. You know, I think Billy's a guy that uh, offensive skill for sure. Um, you know, the problem you have in Carolina is there's only so many. I'm not a math guy, right. but there's only six top six forwards. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I think Billy's got to be a top six forward guy. And I just don't think with some of the talent that they've got there um, and some of the other prospects they have, I'm just not sure he fits into the top six guy. So, uh, you know, guys get caught in that and, you know, could he end up being traded? Uh, you know, could there be different factors? But I do like Billy Coyzer and I always have liked him. Um, you know, he's a very, very skilled guy. Uh, he's never going to win the, uh, the Selkie for the uh, best defensive forward, of, of course. But uh, offensively, he's a good player. So, you know what, I think Carolina is they're in the position they're in because they've drafted so well. As you said, they've got a bunch. We could sit here for an hour and go through them all. Right. Uh, some of them that. I don't like. A lot I do like. So, yeah, I, I, there's, there's a lot of them I do like. Uh, Gunler, I'm not a big fan of Coyvin, and uh, I am. I just try to figure out where he's going to find a spot in that roster. No question about that. Uh, Mark Seidel, North American Central Scouting, uh, former junior hockey GM, NHL scout, director of player personnel, most recently with the Barry Colts. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Mark Seidel, S-E-I-D-E-L. I thank you much, man. Uh, it's good to catch up, and I hope that we can do it again. Maybe we'll chat after the draft, and you can tell me how uh, how great all the players are the Hurricanes drafted. Absolutely. Excuse me. I enjoy it. I look forward to coming on with you every year. And Yeah, for sure we can do a review. I'm not sure I'm going to love all their picks. <laughs> Very rarely do I love everybody's picks, for sure I'm- you watch some guys, and everybody's a fantastic pick. Oh. I'm not really that way. I kind of they're all I the best. Tell you what other people think. Oh yeah, everybody's a fantastic. You watch your draft day and the two draft days, and there won't be a bad pick made. Every player is fantastic. And seventh round pick, you know, he should be a star. But uh, no, that won't. That's not the way I roll, and I've been doing it for 31 years. So yeah, I'd be happy to come on after for sure. We can talk about who they drafted and whatever you want. But I, uh, I think you do a fantastic job. Keep up the good work, and, and anytime I'm invited on, you know I'll be here. All right, so get ready for the draft. It should be a lot of fun. The draft is uh, hope trafficking for a lot of teams, but Carolina has done a very good job 
in stocking their system with really good players. We'll have to see how many of them become top six NHL forwards, top four NHL defensemen, and the potential to be franchise goaltenders. Piotr Kachetkov, maybe A2 McAniemi. I think both guys have a chance, but I'm not the expert. Time will tell. Right now, goaltending appears set. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check them out online, aluminumcompany.com. For all of your exterior home improvement needs, best customer service in the industry, and that's what you need. Great work, great people. The Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Follow the Cane's Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating and a review. And let us know what you think. We love the feedback. And we're here for you during the season after every Hurricanes game uh, in the summer. We're here like uh, once a week, maybe every 10 days, something like that. But we're, uh, we're trying to keep you engaged in the Hurricanes and on this podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam. See ya. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.